Well, welcome to Central. Um, because you're a responsible individual, because you take responsibility for your own actions, uh, because you are uh, a wise person, you might assume that everyone else in this world is like you. And uh, you might assume that everyone does what's right and everyone else cares about how their actions impact others. Um, and you would be right if we lived in a different planet. Um, but here on earth, uh, that's just not actually the way it works. And uh, so if we're going to be wise in how we navigate uh, business life, how we navigate relationships and family life, then we have to figure out how to navigate those things right here on this planet. And that's why I believe for some of us here, uh, today's message might be perhaps the most practical message that you hear in this series on, on Proverbs. We're going to look at four types of people that we see reoccurring throughout this book of Proverbs. Four types of people from beginning to end that you see threaded throughout this entire book. And four types of people that I believe you're going to encounter this week. Four types of people that I believe we interact with on a consistent Basis. So before we dive into that, I want to give a special shout out to not only those of you here in the room, you guys are looking good today, by the way, uh, but I also want to give a shout out to those of you joining us online. We are so glad that you're tuned in, listening to a podcast or checking us out on YouTube. If you're ever in San Jose, we'd love for you to join us here at Central. I promise we look a lot better in person than we do on camera, right? So let's give it up for them online, joining us that way. That's awesome. Uh, we're going to be following along in this program. Should have received one of these on the way in. If you want to uh, take notes and follow along, it's also available online. Uh, you can check that out there. But we are in week two of what we are calling Summer or Central, what, Summer at Central. That's it. There we are. Um, and we're doing a study on this book called Proverbs. And Proverbs is just practical wisdom for daily living. And our theme verse for this entire series is found in Proverbs uh, chapter 4 and verse 7. It says this. Uh, wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Like wisdom is the apex. Wisdom is what we're striving for. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, you better get it. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. Like whatever it costs, be willing to strive for that. Be willing to write that check. Gain wisdom. Here's what Billy Graham, the great evangelist, said. He said, knowledge is horizontal, but wisdom is vertical. It comes from above. And the real reason that we are doing this series, the real reason that we are encouraging all of us as a church family to read through the book of Proverbs, a proverb of the day. So today's the ninth. So my hope for you, my hope for me is that we would all read Proverbs chapter nine today. Tomorrow we'll read Proverbs chapter 10 and gain wisdom for our daily life. Because while knowledge is horizontal, wisdom is vertical. It comes down from God. And my hope for you, the reason we're doing this series is not just to gain more knowledge in our head, but actually get some wisdom for our daily life to help us navigate life's most sticky situations. And so uh, my objectives for today is to talk through four types of people that we see throughout the book of Proverbs, but also four types of people that I believe you're going to interact with as you go into the office tomorrow and you're going to interact with in your daily life. And four solutions uh, for each one of those, uh, solutions for each one of those as we navigate them to help these people who are in these different buckets. And I know that might be oversimplistic to categorize people in four different buckets, but stick with me. I think you'll understand where we're going here. All right, so the first fill in the blank, the first type of person, we're just going to jump right in, that we see in the book of Proverbs from beginning to end is this individual that Proverbs labels simple. 
simple. Now, there's a lot of titles that we could give. I realize having a title of simple is not real flattering. Uh, Feel free to put whatever title you want. I'm just going with that because that's what the book of Proverbs says. So the simple. This is often in reference to young people. We see uh, this term simple in conjunction with people who are youthful, people who are younger in, in age. They just simply don't have a whole lot of experience in life or some wise people around them to help them navigate life's challenging circumstances. Here's what it says in Proverbs 7, 7. I saw among the simple, there it is, I noticed among the young men, a youth who had no sense. And in context of this passage, this youthful man was about to go down this street and make a destructive choice that would cost him dearly. He is a simple man, he is a young man, and he just doesn't know what he doesn't know. Now I want to illustrate it for you this way, so check this video out real quick. Wait for it. Boom! Yeah, that's it. That's it. Let's see that. See that one more time. Wait for it. Here it is. Repeat. Here we go. He's like, what do I do? Where's the ball? Oh, there it is. I'll go get it. Oh, I just run back. Boom! <laughs> he plays it off so cool, right? Like, I don't know what just happened. I think everything's fine. <laughs> that's simple, people. Uh, They're not bad. They're not trying to smash their face into a wall. Actually, someone probably told them that the wall is hard and hitting that wall will hurt you. Uh, But they just navigate life with two left feet, right? They're just uncoordinated in navigating this life. And, And let's be honest, like there's some simple in all of us. There's some simple in you. There's some simple in me. And here's what I mean. For example, I don't know. Check out this next picture. This is a dashboard. This is a a fuel gauge, right? There's an arrow next to this fuel gauge, but what does that even mean? This was maybe my biggest epiphany this week, right? If you're like me, when you borrow somebody else's car, when you get a rental, you get in, right? You drive it around for whatever period of time you need to borrow the car for. Before you return it, because you're a gracious individual who does the right thing, you fill the car up with gas. And when you do, you pull in, only to realize the gas tank is on the other side, I didn't know this, but the arrow points to where the gas tank is. (laughs) Who else knew that? Help the simple brother among us, right? It's not my intention to waste my time or the time of people in the vehicle with me. It is just a simple choice that I continue to smash my head into the wall for over 20 years of driving experience. And I found it this week. My friend Richard Rock says, now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Uh, So next time you get into the car, look for the arrow, and it'll point. Game changer. Game changer. It's awesome. Um, But but simple people are like that. They just don't know what they don't know, right? And so um, Taylor Swift, we got any Taylor Swift fans in the house? Yeah, so she wrote this song, uh, 15, and it's about 15-year-olds. And uh, so in the words of the great philosopher Taylor Swift, here's what she says. These are lyrics to that song. She says, because when you're 15, somebody's going to tell you they love you, and you're going to believe them. Now listen, any 15-year-olds among us, when a 15-year-old boy tells you they love you, their intentions are for a lot of things, but love ain't one of them. And that, that's the challenge with, 
with simple people. Here's what Proverbs 14, 15 says. It says, to the, the, the simple, here's what they do. They believe anything. Oh, he loves me. Wow, awesome. They often allow their feelings, hormones, emotions to cloud their judgment. But here's what the prudent do. The prudent give thought to their steps. Uh, and if you don't trust me on that one, trust the philosopher Taylor Swift. Uh, she, she would go on to write these words. She says, and when you're 15, feeling like there's nothing to figure out, right? All the parents said amen right there, right? Like we, when we're 15, you were 15 once. And when you were 15, I was 15. I thought I had life figured out. I thought I knew it all, right? Now I realize how little I actually know. Like I, there's a whole lot out there I don't know. But when you're 15, you think you got it all figured out. Here's what she says. Count to 10, take it in. This is life before you know what you're going to be. I mean, you just don't even know what you're going to be yet. You're just simple. You just don't know what you don't no, and uh, for all the young people who are like, wow, I'm so glad I came to church to receive the title. Simple, awesome, flattering. <laughs> Thanks, Pastor. Fill in whatever title you are, but the same principle applies. Um, Proverbs 22.3 says this, uh, the prudent see danger, and here's what they do. They take refuge, but the simple keep going, and they smash their face into that wall. They pay the penalty. And so what's the cure? How do we help simple-minded people? Here's the cure, time or experience. And God's so gracious, he lets you choose. Uh, It's time or experience. Here's what I mean by time. Time is whenever we choose to just learn life's lessons the hard way, right? This is the school of hard knocks. And I don't know what I don't know. And I'm just telling you for, uh, I don't know how many times I've pulled the vehicle up on the wrong side of the car. All the while, wisdom was on the dashboard screaming at me. And I just continued to waste my time, right? I don't know what I don't know. And so I would learn life's lessons the hard way. And, and there's other illustrations that we could use there to, to highlight that point. Um, but here's the good news. Here's the second option. You can choose to learn from the experience of others. You can choose to learn from the wisdom of the aged so that you do not have to smash your face into that wall. And I would include in that little caveat scriptures by, by understanding Proverbs, understanding God's word and applying it to your life. You can avoid smashing your face into that wall, whether you know how hard it is or not. You don't, you don't even have to experience it. Here's what Proverbs says in Proverbs chapter one. Uh, this is the introduction and the author's given the overview of this book. And, and we're going to skip down to verse four here. And here's what it says. We got that. We can pull it up. Proverbs chapter one. Yeah, we'll just jump down to verse four. And here's what it says. Here's, he states his purpose. He says, for giving prudence to those who are simple. Like part of the purpose of this book is to keep people from smashing into that wall. Uh, gives prudence to the simple, knowledge to, and discretion to the young. And to those who are young, those who are simple, man, applying this book will give you wisdom. And prudence is a word we don't use a whole lot in my everyday vernacular. But here's what it means. It means shrewdness. It means uh, good judgment. It could literally be translated seeing ahead. So as you understand God's word, you begin to apply it to your life. It's going to give you wisdom beyond your years. Even if you're, you're 8 years old or, or you're 88 years old, like, like applying the scriptures will give you wisdom beyond your years. You can learn from God's word. You can learn from the experience of others and avoid some of the pitfalls that many of us in this room have actually experienced. Proverbs 21, 11 says this, when a mocker is punished, the simple gain wisdom. So here's a question. The path that you are currently on, how has that worked out for other people? The actions that you've currently been taking, how has that worked out for other people who are further down that path? Like, does it help them 
help, help them be healthy uh, spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially? Like, like how has the path that, that you're on by your own choices, by your own actions, how's that worked out for other people? And if you don't like how that's played out for other people, maybe choose to get on a different path and choose a path that has played out well for some of those other people. So it says, when a mocker is punished, the simple gain wisdom. We can learn from the experience of others. By paying attention to the wise, they get knowledge. So young people, listen to the wisdom of the aged. Uh, learn from others' mistakes so that you don't have to experience the same thing. Uh, older folks have more experience. They've had, they experience more pitfalls, more victories, and we can learn from them. So ask good questions. Be a learner and avoid the traps that many of us in this room have experienced. Old people. Oh, no, I'm not going to call you old people. Some of us that are, are more seasoned in life in the room. Uh, for some of us who are more seasoned in life, here's what I would say for us. Let's be willing to share our scars. Have the courage to share your wins as well as your failures so that we can all learn from your experiences. Some of you knew what the arrow meant. I'm offended by that. I've been pulling up on the wrong side all my life. Um, John Acuff, he's a great uh, public speaker, has written a lot of great books. Uh, I read this from him last week. And uh, it's so profound and I think so timely. So here's what he says, and I quote, uh, We have enough perfect people. We hit our quota of that a long time ago. What we need are messy people who are brave. Hiding is easier, but when you do, you miss out on two gifts. One, the gift, of, uh, the gift you give the person who hears your story and learns from it. And the gift you give yourself from removing a sense of failure that scar might still be clinching to. Not everyone is a safe person or worthy of your story, but some people are. So here's the deal. Here's what I want you to hear. And for those people, the scars you share become lighthouses that keep new boats from crashing into old rocks. Let me say that again. The scars you share become lighthouses that keep new boats from crashing into old rocks. So to the simple, to the young... Let's have the courage to admit we don't know what we don't know. To us who, us who are more seasoned in life, let, let's take the time to share some of our scars to help some new boats keep from crashing into some old rocks that perhaps we have crashed into. The second type of person we see throughout the book of Proverbs, and I guarantee you're going to encounter this person this week, maybe even today, is this individual that Proverbs labels a fool. The fool. I know, it's flattering also, uh, very flattering. Choose your own title. This is the title that Proverbs gives it. And so uh, the fool, here's, here's what's true. The fool knows what to do. The fool knows what's right. They just choose to do something different and take the chances, right? Uh, in fact, let's be honest, there's a little bit of fool in all of us, right? Sometimes we know what to do, and it's like, no, I'm going for that brownie batter blizzard anyway. Like, I know that's not healthy. I'm just doing it. I'm rolling the dice, hoping my waist doesn't blow up. You know what I mean? But I, I'm just doing it. Proverbs 14, 7 through 9 says this, Stay away from a fool, for you will not find knowledge on their lips. The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways, but folly of the fools is deception. Like fools are going to try to trick you. Uh, verse 9, fools mock at making amends for sin. The last thing the fool wants to do is to take ownership. The last thing the fool wants to do is to admit their mistakes and make things right. But goodwill is found among the upright. Uh, the challenge with confronting a fool, and here's the challenge. If you're trying to lead a fool, you, you live with a fool, you, you're encountering a fool at the grocery store, the gas station. The problem with confronting a fool is the p 
problem is never in the room. The problem is always out there somewhere beyond our reach. Uh, check out this video. I want to show you what I mean. Batman. Batman. <laughs> it's awesome. Wasn't me, mommy. Batman must have done that. I would never do that. I clearly know what's expected. And riding on mommy's mirror is not what's expected. I did, but I didn't do it. Batman did it. What a bummer. Right? Check out this next one. Okay, so Sophie, you just painted your Barbie with nail polish, right? Yes, she told you. She told you to do it. So when Barbie was laying there, Barbie said, I'm going to go ahead and just lay here and you can play with me. And then all of a sudden Barbie said, okay, can you paint me with nail polish? So you were saying no, you shouldn't put nail polish on Barbie. And she kept saying over and over again, a hundred times, she kept saying, please paint me with nail polish. A hundred times. And then when she was uh, all painted blue, did you think that you should have stopped painting her with nail polish in your room on the carpet? I turned it off, but I was thinking, I knew I couldn't get it off. So you tried to get it off, but you couldn't? No, I didn't. Now, where are you allowed to use your nail polish? Outside. But when you painted inside, why did you do that? She told you to. Yeah. Okay, do you, does Barbie know that she could have ruined your carpet and your bed and all of your blankets? Yes, she told me to. I said it was a horrible idea. She didn't to me. So you told her it was a horrible idea? And, and she said, a horrible idea is always kind. All right. Well, all I know is say, be keep getting bad. All of them. It was not me, Dad. The Barbies. All of them. I told them a hundred times. I didn't want to do it. They, the Barbies made me do it. I knew I can only paint Barbie's toenails outside, but the Barbies kept asking, Dad, can you believe it? The problem is out there. The problem's not here. Like, the problem's out there, right? No, that's super cute whenever you're three. Uh, but the same reality is true in 23-year-olds, 33-year-olds, 53-year-olds, 83-year-olds, and 93-year-olds. Like, the same reality consists and persists in all of us and uh, from time to time. And so, uh, uh, Dr. Henry Cloud, he's written several books that I love. Uh, if you've never read his book, Boundaries, uh, I would highly recommend that book. But one of my favorites that he has written is a book called Necessary Endings. And uh, in that book, he, he lays out, um, kind of using this framework from Proverbs, uh, these different types of people. And, uh, and he supports this not only with uh, the book of Proverbs, but using psychology and sociology to support these findings. And, and Dr. Cloud would admit he hates gross generalizations of large groups of people. Uh, but he's convinced, based on research, that these four types of people persist. And so some of the content that I'm about to share with you uh, is from that book, Necessary Endings. It's his intellectual property. I'm just stealing it for you today. Okay. Uh, so Dr. Cloud would say this about a fool. He says, fools try to adjust the truth so that he does not have to adjust to the truth. That's the definition of a fool. They try to adjust the truth 
so that they do not have to adjust to the truth. The video you just saw was a beautiful demonstration of that. It wasn't me, Daddy. I didn't write on the mirror. Batman did. I don't want to take ownership. It wasn't me, Daddy. I didn't. I know there's a big mess on the carpet. I know I'm supposed to paint nails outside, but, but Barbie asked me to do it, and she asked me a hundred times. A hundred times I told her no. I, it just, I don't even know what to say, Dad. Uh, so the fool tries to adjust the truth so he does not have to adjust to it. Uh, when I was an addict, I would try to adjust the truth so that I wouldn't be exposed as an addict. I would try to manipulate situations and I was pretty good at it. And every addict that you ever encounter, it's a gift. And the gift, the addiction drives the gift. Uh, and so they're slippery. And so, so how do you, uh, how, how do you uh, identify them? Well, I would say this before we go there. Um, foolish behavior is not limited to young age. It's not limited to addictive behaviors. Uh, there are some very healthy people who are very intelligent. Oftentimes, these foolish people are the most intelligent individuals in the room, and they're just super slippery, and they use their intellect to navigate some of these slippery situations. And so, so how, do you, how do you identify them? Here are some traits uh, of a fool. Uh, unlike the wise, with whom talking through issues strengthens your relationship, with the foolish person's attempt to talk about the problem creates conflict, alienation, and a breach of relationship. When a mistake is pointed out, they externalize the mistake and they blame someone or something else. Uh, oftentimes, they immediately shift the blame to you. It's not their problem. Now it's your problem, right? And so, so well, if you had given me resources and, uh, and if you hadn't cut my budget, then I would have gotten the job done. But you did, so it's actually on you, right? Well, if you would like to have been more intimate with me, then I would, you've been able to satisfy my needs and I wouldn't have to go outside and do, do what I did. It's actually your, your fault. The energy shifts and suddenly you find yourself as the object of correction. And as Mark Twain said, never argue with stupid people. Never argue with a fool. Uh, they will drag you down to their level and then beat you with experience. Because here's what's true. You can talk to them, but the experience will repeat itself. You'll find patterns, right? You can talk about it, but here's the deal. Nothing's going to change. Or um, they get into all is bad situation, right? Well, I guess I can't do anything, right? Which is obviously your cue to rescue them. No, you're actually awesome. I think you're wonderful. Here's why. Or they have little to no awareness of the pain or frustration that they're causing others around them or the mission. Uh, they see themselves as the victim, actually. And they see the world and the people around them who confront them as the prosecutors pointing out the problem. Since they feel as morally superior victims, they will often find someone to rescue them or to agree with them and, and, and identify how bad you are for talking to them in that, in that way. Their world is divided into good guys and bad guys. The good guys are ones who agree with them. The bad guys are people who think they're anything less than perfect. Here's the important theme to recognize. If you hear nothing else as far as the traits of a fool, hear this. Uh, here's how you identify a fool. Lack of ownership of the issue, the refusal to take responsibility, and not changing their behavior to meet the demands of life. What's a cure? How do we help? Even if that's me, how, how do I help myself? Here, here's the cure, consequences. It's not an easy cure, but it requires action, requires hard lines, and it requires consequences. If you want to help those who are living foolishly, you'll have to instill some consequences because conversations are not working. They're not hearing it. In fact, it only pushes the person who, 
who is having the conversation into the crosshairs with that individual. Here's what Proverbs 23, 9 says. Do not speak to a fool. Why? Uh, for they will scorn your prudent words. Talking doesn't help them. So, so how do we help them? Here's two keys. Uh, I, I labeled it consequences, but, but it would be limits and consequences. Limits and consequences are essential. Uh, the foolish people will only change after they feel the weight of their actions. Some of us are enabling foolish behavior in our homes, in our office, and in our relationships because we're allowing the burden of foolish behavior to rest on the wrong people. A fool will remain a fool until he feels the weight of his foolish behavior. Talking to a fool about their behavior won't work. they got to feel the weight of their consequences of their actions. Until they do, there's no hope for change. And I'll raise my hand and say, that was me. That, that still is me from time to time. I'll persist in foolish behavior until I feel the weight of that. And some of us are enabling foolish behavior. And I'm just saying, push the weight of the consequences of the behavior, not on everyone else around you, not on the family, not on the team, not on the household, on the individual. And how do you do that? Limits and consequences. Not easy, but essential. Uh, the third person, the third person we see here, uh, again, a very flattering title uh, that you're going to love. Uh, you're just going to love this. But this is what the book of Proverbs calls these people, and it's the wicked. The wicked. Isn't that flattering? You're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I came to church today. Such great titles for people. Um, well, there are some people that do dumb things because they just don't know any better. There are some people who do foolish things because they don't realize that their actions are actually rippling out to the world around them. Uh, and so for, for those people, um, the actions are different. The, the requirements are different. But wicked people actually have intentions of hurting others, of doing destructive things. Um, therefore, with them, you've got to protect yourself. You've got to protect your company. You've got to protect your family. You've got to protect your loved ones. And uh, I was trying to think of a fun illustration for this one, but there's just not really a whole lot of fun ones. Um, but we've all experienced this. Hopefully, you don't interact with these people as much as you do the other three. Uh, but in your lifetime, I guarantee you will interact with an individual like this. Uh, at a previous church in Las Vegas, um, there was this guy who called the church and wanted to meet with the pastor uh, for a counseling session. And the pastor was busy. It turns out it takes a while to, to write sermons and, and to do a lot of things. And so they said, well, hey, you know what? The pastor can't meet with you for a few weeks, uh, but one of the staff pastors would love to meet with you today. We could meet today. And uh, the guy wasn't real happy about that, tried to explain the why behind that, uh, wasn't having it. And so he gave some thought to what he should do about this. And so he realized, premeditated, thought through it all, and decided that his best next step was to drive his vehicle through the wall of the church in the cafe in effort to try to get the pastor's attention to come out and have a conversation or hit him with his vehicle, right? Um, so he does donuts in the lobby. Uh, thankfully, no one was there. Uh, we we're at a different location for a memorial service, but we have on camera this guy doing donuts in the lobby. It's awesome. Only in Vegas, baby. But some people actually want to do harm. And so... Uh, how, how do we deal with them? What, what do we do with an individual uh, like that, individuals who are trying to bring you harm? Well, Proverbs eleven eleven. here's what it says. It says, through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. But here's what happens with wicked people. Uh, but by the mouth of the wicked, it is destroyed. Like they want to destroy things. They want to bring harm. Uh, Proverbs 15, 9 says, the Lord detests the way of the wicked. Actually, God despises the actions of the wicked, but he loves those who pursue righteousness. 
Proverbs 20, 26. Here it is. A wise king winnows out the wicked. He drives his threshing wheel over them. But you're like, awesome, I can drive my threshing wheel over them. That'll be great. Action received. No, uh, you cannot drive your threshing wheel over them. Don't even know what a threshing wheel is uh, these days. Uh, but it does not sound very pleasant, does it? Um, here, here's what we need to do. We need to stay away from them, create firm boundaries and protective endings, and when necessary, get real help. Uh, old songwriter Warren Van Zong, he said this, uh, his lyrics were lawyers, guns, and money. And that's what's required. Lawyers draw up healthy boundaries, law enforcement, that's the guns part. Some of the redneck in me wants to rise up and be like, yeah, guns, woo, uh, got those. Um, and financial resources to make sure they don't hurt you, hurt the people you love, destroy what matters most. Uh, whereas with the wise people talking about the problem actually helps. You talk to the fool about the consequences, but you don't talk to the wicked because they will turn around and harm you. Dr. Henry Cloud said this, you can communicate with my lawyer is a phrase that exists for a reason. You just got to take protective measures. So what's the cure? God, God, because you're a good person, because you want to try to help them, some of you might try to take action and help some of these individuals, but I'm just telling you it's going to bite you in the long run. God is their only hope, and really the only hope for all of us, but especially in this context. All right, so the fourth, the fourth person, finally something positive that we get to. Uh, the fourth person is the person that you want to be, the person that I want to be, the person that we all strive to be, the person that uh, the reason we are doing this entire series is to become this fourth type of individual, and that is the wise. We want to be wise people. It's, it's my desire for you, for everyone who calls Central Christian Church their home, that you would be, be wise. The reason we're doing this study in the book of Proverbs is to get practical wisdom so we can live life in a wise manner. Because here's the result. If you are wise, Proverbs 3, 35 says this, the wise inherit honor. That's what I want for you. I want you to inherit honor. But fools, only shame. Proverbs 9, 12 says, if you are wise... Wisdom will reward you. I want you to receive wisdom's reward. But if you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. Here's the key characteristic of the wise in Proverbs 9, verse 9 says, Instruct the wise, and they will be wiser still. Like you instruct them, they're going to gain wisdom. They're going to receive it. Teach the righteous, and they will add to their learning. The wise among us are not the smartest. They're not necessarily the oldest. Here's what the wise are. Here's what Dr. Henry Cloud, here's how he would define the wise. It says, when truth presents itself, the wise person sees the light, takes it in, makes adjustments. When truth presents itself, the wise sees the light, takes it in, makes adjustments. Proverbs 10.8, how do you know if you're dealing with a wise person? Uh, the wise in heart accept commands, but a chattering fool comes to ruin. Proverbs twelve fifteen. we see the fool on display again here. It says, the way of the fool seems right to them. Like, like fools actually think they're right in what they're doing. That's why conversations don't help. They have to feel the ramifications of their actions. The way of the fool seems right to them, but the wise, here's what they do. They listen to advice. 
understand this diagnostic. Understanding a wise person is about one thing and one thing only. A person's ability to take wise feedback and make adjustments. It's my hope for you, it's my hope for me that that we would be people, when wisdom presents itself, we'd say, you know what? That may not feel comfortable to me. I might not even like it, but I'm gonna make adjustments in my life. Next time I get in the car and I see that arrow pointing to this side of the car, like I'm actually gonna pull up to the gas tank, fill it on that side. I'm I'm gonna make adjustments, right? Here's some traits uh, of the wise. Uh, They own their performance, their problems and issues and take responsibility without excuses or blame. I had an individual this week come into my office and say, you know what, I wanna own that. I I heard what you said and that was me and so I just want you to know I'm sorry. And I I can't tell you how much that meant to me and how it informed me of their character. Because wise people, they own their performance, they own the issue. The relationship is strengthened as a result of giving feedback, they thank you. That they see you as someone who cares enough to have hard conversations. And they experience you as being for their betterment. They empathize with you and express concerns about the results and the behavior of others. They do not allow problems to persist and become patterns. Here's the cure for, for the wise. If you're taking notes, this is the fill in the blank under the wise. Here's what you need to do for them. Provide them conversation. Talk to them. Give them conversation. The bottom line with wise people is that talking actually helps. Feedback will actually help the relationship. It'll help them become better. Talk to them until there's nothing less to discuss. All right, uh, so here's a closing recap. If you turn the page, here's uh, the whole message in a nutshell. With simple people, be willing to share your scars as well as your victories. The simple will only learn from life's hard knocks over time or from your experience. So let's admit that we don't know what we don't know, and let's learn from the wisdom of the aged. My my hope for you, my hope for for myself, is that we would learn from people who are further down the tracks than we are. Maybe to take them out to coffee this week and, and ask them good questions. Let's be a people, let's be a group of people that acknowledge we don't know what we don't know, but we want to learn. Second thing would be with foolish people, stop talking about the problems and start establishing boundaries because they are not listening. And stop supplying resources, they squander them. Instead, give them limits and consequences. And I know that's hard. It's not fun, but it's the only thing that will help them. Third type of people, the wicked, we're going to avoid them because, man, they want to do you harm. They want to bring you down. And fourth, this is the type of people we want to be. This is who we're striving to be. This is why we gather together. This is why we read a proverb of the day. This is why we gather together to to, to learn, to be better people, to help our community be better. Fourth people, with, with, with wise people, talk to them, give them resources, invest into them, and you will get a return. So here's week number two's wisdom. Last fill in the blank for you, Proverbs 13, 20. This is what I hope for you. This is what I hope to be true of me. Walk with the wise and become wise. But a companion of fools suffers harm. Walk with the wise. You're going to become wise. Walk with fools. We're going to suffer harm. Let's pray. Well, Jesus, we just thank you for the wisdom of the age. We thank you, God, that... As we navigate life this week, we recognize we're going to encounter these types of people. Some people that just need 
some wisdom. They're navigating life with two left feet. They don't know what they don't know. So God, I pray you'd help us to help others around us. Some people that we interact with are fools and and God, they just behave foolishly and it's not a flattering title, but God, nevertheless, help us to take action, to set limits and consequences so that the world around them doesn't have to bear the weight of their decisions. But God, these people can change and become the people you created them to be, so help us to help them. God, protect us from wicked people, we pray. Help us to set boundaries there. And God, help us to be wise people who when we, truth presents itself, God, help me, help us to adjust our sails to the demands of life. Help us to walk with the wise, in Jesus' name, amen.